Welcome to Just a Cup on Believe, an organic conversation with the world's greatest athletes and the coaches who coach them, just as if we were having a coffee, cup of coffee in a good old coffee shop. And today, I have a grand pleasure of having with me from Peabody Veterans Memorial High School, <laughs> UMass Amherst, and the New Balance Boston Track Club, uh, 2020 U.S. Olympian in the 1500 meters, Heather McLean. How are you doing, Heather? Good, Brian. Thanks for having me today. I'm really excited oh. to be on. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm surprised. Well, I mean, I guess it's you're, you're in Mountain Standard Time right now, mm -hmm. but having a cup of Duncan in your hand uh, would, would not have surprised me whatsoever. Being a, <laughs> being, being a Boston girl. <laughs> Actually, when I made this cup of coffee, I had the choice between like a Dunkin' bag and my teammate, she brought out like this gingerbread flavored coffee. So I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll go with the gingerbread one. But I do miss my Dunkin' out here out west. <laughs> do, they, do they not have, because you're in, you're training in Flagstaff right now. Mm -hmm. There's there's no Dunkin's in Flagstaff? They have Dunkin'. Actually, they have two now. When I first started training here, they only had one. But it just is different. I like, I always tell people with Dunkin' Donuts, I love like the atmosphere of Dunkin' Donuts. Like my favorite thing to do is go into Dunks for a cup of coffee because you just never know what you're going to get in there as far as personality for like everybody who works there. And I just love it. And I just, I find it a lot different than when I come to Dunkin' Donuts out West. And maybe people feel like that way about other um, coffee shops that are chains, but I feel that way about Dunkin' Donuts. It's just not the same. <laughs> Well, have you ever, uh, have you ever seen this Saturday Night Live skit with Ben Affleck, Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> oh, yeah. Affleck. oh, gosh, that's so crying. funny. <laughs> if, if you're listening, look it up on YouTube. It is <laughs> type in SNL Affleck Duncan, and I'm yeah. sure it will come up. Uh, <laughs> so, so you're out in Flagstaff. Mm -hmm. Why are you out in Flagstaff? Uh, we come out here. That's about not where you live. No, 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 no. I live in Boston full time, but um, we come out to Flagstaff two or three times a year for about a month stint um, to train at altitude because we're about, I think we're at 7,000 feet here. So we train here, get all the good red blood cells or whatever the research says, and then we come down, run some fast times. Uh, but yeah, it's nice to come out here because it's like full focus when you're out here. And I feel like I do a lot of things here like as far as taking care of myself a lot better that I might not necessarily do at home when you're friends and your family and like everybody's kind of distracting you. So yeah, it's nice to come out here. It's a beautiful place. Like we're not too far from Sedona or Phoenix and it's really good bonding time with all our teammates. So it's a nice spot. <laughs> Is it kind of like uh, for somebody that, that be in the NFL or something mm -hmm. like that, it's like a training camp. Yes. Yeah. That's so basically it's just a high altitude training camp. Um, like I know some teams like, for instance, like a lot of baseball teams go to Florida or they go to Phoenix actually sometimes too, but we come out up here because we just get good benefit from like training at altitude. And actually I think um, the Cardinal, not the Cardinals, some team used to come out here uh, to train. I forgot which ones, but there used to be a few NFL teams who I think came out here back in the day as well. Huh. That's, that's, yeah. that's so I've heard. I don't know. That could be fake, but <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm sure if it was on the internet, I'm sure it's true. Yeah, <laughs> and a lot of the um, swimmers and triathletes train up here as well. Wow. Yeah, the yeah. benefits of altitude training are, are are documented to be very good for you. 
Yes, definitely. For sure. Um, And some people are are like super responders. So they like super respond to altitude. Now, is this a preparation? Are you going to run an indoor season this year or are you just focused Um, on outdoors with Olympics coming up? I might focus on outdoors. I suffered an injury that kind of cut my season short last um, Mm -hmm. summer. So I'm still kind of coming back from that a little bit and just kind of building the strength that I'll need for outdoors. Um, The injury definitely like took a little bit longer than I had anticipated in the beginning of it. So obviously my main focus this year is outdoors. And if I can build through the winter, maybe I'll do like a race or two, but um, I'll probably primarily be focusing on outdoors this year, which is different for me because I actually do really like indoors. Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, 2020, you were really a surprise to make the the U.S. team. I don't think I don't think if somebody was in a betting log if on the sports books, your name wouldn't have appeared in the top couple of names. No. By any <laughs> um, you know, so what was that like? You know, making the Olympic team kind of kind of out of the blue. Yeah. The normal, even the normal track and field thing. Hmm. Um. I mean, obviously. The people in my corner, I think, really believed in me that year. And I think that's all I really needed going into the trials. Um, But I have been training. I still train with her. She's like one of the best 1500 meter runners in the country and arguably the world as well. And I had been training with her and keeping up in all the workouts and everything. And she was a favorite to win and she did end up winning. And in my heart, I was like, okay, like if I'm keeping up in the workouts, I'm step by step with her and everything like maybe I'm just as capable of making this team as she is, even if nobody's saying it. Um, so it's kind of funny, like going in all like the predictions and like all the popular running Twitter accounts and Instagrams, like nobody had me in their predictions. And that was okay with me because I knew that like, if I was put in a place that I could compete and I competed the way that I knew I could, then I had just as much of a shot as making it as anybody else. And so Um, It was kind of fun being the underdog a little bit. Like, I definitely feel like I have more pressure on me these days than I did then. Um, But, yeah, it was really special for, like, me in particular and, like, my family and everything because I didn't grow up in a running family. Like, nobody in my family does sports. Um, (laughs) And so, like, I kind of was just doing my own thing. And I kind of always had to fight for, like, everything that I had in life. And just making the team like obviously that takes its toll on you over time like you think you're not as deserving as somebody else and like I, I wasn't always having people being like you can do this you can do this like a lot of it had to be intrinsic motivation so it kind of proved to me to like I proved to myself like what I'm capable of and um, like I hope I continue to do that of course. So what has changed I mean you put those put the rings on yeah I mean no one can ever take that away and there's so few mm-hmm. people out there that have ever become an Olympian. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're talking about a worldwide thing. (laughs) What's changed in your life or has anything changed? Um, I mean, like financially, definitely like (laughs) (laughs) us dragon making a lot of money, but like I, it definitely helped to like be able to make a little bit more than I did when I started. And, um, also just like I it kind of solidified for me that I'm in the right place for me um but as far as like I feel like I'm the same person still and um yeah I don't I don't feel like I changed an awful lot like I definitely gained a new perspective like as far as like 
worldwide competition. That was my actual first um, international level competition. I never made a world team. I never made like an international team at all. That was my first one. And so uh, the first one to be the Olympics, it's like, whoa. And it broadened my horizons a lot more and just kind of made me want a lot more like out of myself and in the sport. And so, yeah, like, of course, through the trials and tribulations of like the last three years post making the team, I still have like that perspective and I can always have that with me no matter what. And I think that's really special. Um, but I think it was the other big thing that changed, I think, is like my family dynamics. They're always the same, but um, I think it brought in like our horizons a little bit more. I have seven siblings and like a few of my siblings afterwards were just like, I feel like I can accomplish anything after that. And like to hear your little sibling, like say something like that to you is just so special and rewarding because like I want the world for my younger siblings and my older siblings, of course. But um, like I said, like we grew up kind of different. And so um, we're all very independent and like a lot of what we do is comes from intrinsic motivation. So um, yeah, I would, I just liked kind of like, being able to do that for them. That's amazing. Uh, that's absolutely amazing. <laughs> but you said Olympics is your first kind of going, you're going to Tokyo uh, <laughs> at that point in time. What are some other places? Cause track and field for those that aren't really familiar with track and field, I mean, it's mm -hmm. a global sport and you run in all kinds of places. Oh what yeah. Has been, I, I, I'm going to ask you too. What has been <laughs> the most interesting place and what's Ooh. been your favorite? So you can go, go with either one first, favorite and interesting. And interesting could be, I mean, I've been to some places and I'm like, there's a meat here? Like, this is yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've been to a few of those. My most interesting, um, I went to Zagreb, Croatia a few years ago. Oh, wow. And I that was a lot of people grow, go to Croatia for the beaches, I think. Mm -hmm. And when I went to Zagreb, it was like so far from the beaches. And so yes. that was super interesting. It was my first time and like on that part of the world. And um, yeah, it was just a totally interesting, different culture. Uh, I loved it. It was like, it was really funny. I was there for my birthday. I think, I don't remember how old I was turning, maybe like 25 or 24. And I was by myself because I had gotten there like four or five days before the meet started <laughs> and no one from the meet was there. And it was my oh, wow. first year professional so I like was still kind of getting the hang of things and yeah. um it was my birthday so I'm like I'm just gonna make the most of this day and like I looked on like Google I was just like best things to see in Zagreb like I honestly do that a lot of the times when I travel because you can find the most like funny interesting places so one of the places I went to was like the museum of broken relationships it was this tiny museum <laughs> And I had like all these artifacts from all over the world of all these relationships that ended and why, like, it was super funny. Like one of the artifacts was, um, like a diet. <laughs> it was like, Oh, he gave this to me for Christmas one year. You can see why it ended and then stuff like that. So it was really funny. Um, and then they had some, they like had the smallest subway, uh, track ever. It was like literally up a hill, a hundred feet or something. Um, so people used to like back in the day, take the subway, like from the bottom of the hill to the top of the hill. So they wouldn't have to walk, um, just That's stuff crazy. like that. So that was, it had in a small little, like it was a big city, but like in a small area, they had all these like super interesting things, which I'm sure you can find that in any city. Like 
the weird quirky things that nobody's really looking for. Right. They're not like the big, like, obviously I went to the like different churches and steeples or all that stuff. But right. um, just seeing those little things is always super funny to me. So that was the most interesting. Did you, I had did you get really some, did you get, did you get some mixed meat? Do you have a mixed meat? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> oh man. That's a, Croatia is my favorite place in the world to travel to. Really? Oh, by, by far, by far. I want to go back place. and go to the beaches and stuff, but oh, um, it, I was amazing. even like, oh, should I submit some stuff to that museum from like, because <laughs> I loved it so much, like going back one day and being like, oh, that was mine. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, That's amazing. I did get a pizza and it had like some weird meats on it and like an egg or something, but it was a delicious pizza. I like got a pizza and a glass of wine on my birthday. I'm like, this is honestly a great birthday. (laughs) Croatian wine's very good. Croatian wine. Yes, it was delicious. (laughs) Uh, I'm a a huge wine man. So (laughs) now, okay, now what's your favorite place to go? Can't you can't say Tokyo Um, in the Olympics? No, I I actually I want to go back to Tokyo because for the Olympics we didn't get to explore. Like we couldn't leave the village because it was still very COVID time. Yeah, so yeah, um, I want to go back. I think World Champs is there in 2025. So I'm like, fingers yep. crossed. But my favorite place to visit. Ooh, that's a hard one. I love Monaco, but I think I'll have to go with uh, so far Switzerland. But I've only been to Zurich. Um, Zurich's but nice. I loved it. Yeah. Everyone bicycles everywhere. Like. <laughs> the subway system super easy to take you're super close to the mountains but also super close to the water like i always tell people like when i grow up and i retire like i want to live somewhere that has the ocean but you can see the mountains like if that makes sense i mean oregon's kind of like that but <laughs> I, there's not many places out there no exactly but um it was really beautiful in Switzerland because you had like Lake Zurich and like after our race, I remember we all like jumped in Lake Zurich. It was like the best time ever, but you can also see all these mountains. And yeah, I just thought it was a really, really amazing city. Like I'd love to see more of the country. It's a dream to be able to um, train in St. Moritz, a lot of 1500 meter like distance runners train in St. Moritz. So hopefully one of these summers I'll get to train over there. But um, my agent, Paul, has me every year in Bellinzona too, which is mm-hmm. around there. So I'm like, it would be super great to like be able to see more of the country. Um, but yeah, that's probably my favorite. <laughs> well, I mean, you just mentioned Paul and I, and I remember mm-hmm. when you were in college, mm-hmm. uh, I remember you at, at UMass at the NCAA championships <laughs> and Paul going, Hey, that one's going to be special. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and, and before he signed you. So, I mean, it's kind of one of those things yeah you know you're definitely known i mean i read an article they, they called you a blue collar athlete because mm-hmm. you're, you're getting after it and i think that's that's a lot of you know new england you know other mm-hmm. than the super rich part you know you, you get yeah. the blue collar part yeah you um, get us <laughs> you, you, you get the blue collar yeah side um what what motivates you like what you know what gets you to that next level you know when you know, you said earlier, not a whole lot of, not a whole lot of people thought you were going to do great. I mean, mm-hmm. you had incredible setbacks in college. You had pneumonia yeah. several times, which is mm-hmm. crazy. Like, I don't even remember hearing a young person getting pneumonia. You know, no, like, yeah, and I got like five times, <laughs> which is just insane. But yeah. you know, what motivates you? Like, what motivated you to kind of keep keep going along when when things were 
such a setback every time. Yeah. Um, I think that's like so funny. I always like, I don't struggle with figuring out what motivates me, but I think a big part of what like pushes me to like want to be better is just, I just like know there's more for me out there and I get really excited about like doing new things and like reaching new heights. And part of it is just like proving to myself that I belong in a place that like I never thought was possible. And like how we were talking about like blue collar and growing up, like I didn't grow up having someone tell me every day, like you're going to be an Olympian someday. Like I started track like by accident. And (laughs) I think that's beautiful because I started it all like within my own will. And I went through a lot like early in life. And so now when I have setbacks, like no matter what setbacks are really difficult, but I think it helps that I've had so many setbacks in life that when I do have a setback now, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, do I really need to have another setback? But at the same time, I kind of know for myself that I'm going to get through it and I'm able to see past it and be like, okay, this really sucks now. But in like a few months from now or a few years from now, I am hopefully in a totally different place where I can like look back on this time. And like I said, it's kind of perspective. I just like being able to reach new heights for myself and see past like all the things that I didn't know were possible. And once the making the team was a big part of that, because even just like getting a college scholarship was a huge part of that. Cause I never even envisioned myself being able to like afford a four-year college. Like mm-hmm. now I'm able to afford a four-year college and it's like going to be paid for. And so I don't have right. to worry about finances, which when you grow up like so low income, it's hard not to like always focus on that. Sure. And so, um, yeah, it was just, I think like part of it is just like wanting to be better for myself. Like, like I said, a lot of it is internal motivation. And when that's lacking, like it's hard to get through difficult times when you don't have that like belief that you're going to make it through. Um, and yeah, a lot, uh, like I said with my family earlier, a lot of it is them too. Like, they really motivate me as well, just because like, I want to be better for all of us. Um, just cause like mm. I, we had so much stigma around us growing up. Like it's not easy to see like a single parent with seven children. Like we got a lot of judgment and like, I heard judgment from parents and teachers mm. and like stuff like that. And, um, so sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I'm doing it for them too, to just be like, yeah, we, we deserve this just as much as anybody else. And like, we are all doing great and um yeah we deserve the best (laughs) so yeah i think that's the biggest part of it is just like wanting to be better for like myself and my family and uh yeah reach new heights that i never thought were possible like i try not to set limits on myself because Mm. i think in the past like i thought there were so many limits that i could reach but in reality i'm like no one knows like what they're really capable of so uh Mm it's kind of like a mind over matter thing. Like your mind can do, your body can do so much more than your mind's telling you you can. So trying to, yeah, (laughs) reach those heights. You are listening to Just a Cup on Believe. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Now I wanted to come back and and you kind of mentioned it. And I started thinking right away, like about, you know, mental health. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're talking about setbacks and say, 
how have you dealt with, with mental health as an athlete? I mean, that's such a, that's such a, it's become such a common word, yeah. but it's been around forever. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you deal with, 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 with your mental health, having all these setbacks and definitely, yeah, it is actually really like fresh in my mind too. Cause I just came back from a period of a setback, like with a major injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really struggled during that time, obviously, like I love my team. I love spending time with them and I love getting to go to practice every day. So not being able to do that definitely took its toll on me. And it's funny because like no one, not no one, but it's hard to tell yourself that you need help when you're doing your worst. Like usually somebody else has to step in. And in the past, uh, like when I'm doing good, I'm like pursuing a sports psychologist. So I usually regularly always see a sports psychologist or a regular psychologist. Um, I have for years. It's so helpful for me just to, oops. Oh, there you are. (laughs) Just to be able to talk to somebody and be able to have someone who's non-biased and also has helpful tools to help you work through different things. And I remember when I started seeing one, I think I was in college. I started seeing the sports psychologist through our athletic department. And I'm like, dang, I wish I had been seeing somebody like my whole life. Like, this is awesome. Like, and I greatly benefit from it. Like I can notice a difference within weeks of being able to like consistently see somebody and just being able to get that off my chest. And I'm better around my friends. I'm better around my family and I'm better like to myself. Uh, So that's like one of the major things. Um, I also have like dabbled in meditation before actually like going into Tokyo, I was up to like, I think 20 to 30 minutes a night. I would make it a routine. What, now, what, what do you mean by that? Like meditation? Like what, what, so, what's your version of what meditation is? So I have ADHD. So I actually have trouble just like <laughs> sitting down and uh, literally just focusing to like meditate. Yeah. <laughs> I like can't just, people are like, oh yeah. I, like I would, could never relate to the people who like meditate for an hour a day. Like I can't do that. So if guided meditation isn't real meditation, then I don't care. Like it worked very well for me. Um, I remember during COVID, like towards the tail end of it, I got this app. I don't remember what it was called because I don't think it's around anymore, but it was a meditation app. And basically it was like headspace where it just had the basics of meditation. And I would do one of those every day, every night, like right before I went to bed. And over time, like I noticed like five minutes turned into 10 and like 10 minutes turned into 20. And I wasn't like worried about fitting it any in anymore because I really wanted to do it. Um, and then I started like downloading all these apps for it. And like, I know Headspace is one that I've used in the past too, but it has meditations for like all different things. Or I would even just like look them up on YouTube, like meditation for like a date, like, <laughs> like stuff like that. Just, and I would just feel like so much more at peace. And it wasn't even just the meditation. It was just taking a minute for myself to like breathe and um kind of let go of whatever was happening like that day so that was super beneficial for me i loved it and i still do it i just don't do as as routinely as i used to do which i probably will get back in the habit of as i'm like competing more because it's kind of like when you're competing things kind of just stack up but um yeah i like really found meditation helpful um I know like a lot of other athletes do too, whether that's just like setting a timer on your phone for two minutes and like taking time to breathe or doing a guided meditation or like going to a class or 
even yoga, like doing yoga is kind of like a meditation in itself for me. So like before bed, sometimes I'll just be like, instead of doing my stretches before bed, I'll be like 10 minute yoga session, like something like that, where you're just dedicating time to yourself. Um, so those have been like the big things I feel like that have really helped me and, um, just guided my mental health so that I'm in a better place and like a better person to be around. When you think of the mental side, you know, as mm-hmm. a, a middle distance runner, you go on long runs. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, do you listen to music on long runs or are you just like, you know, in a, you know, in a zone doing something? I mean, you are talking about like, what, what would be a long run for you? Is a normal person goes out and, you know, jogs a mile or, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, you know, most, most, you know, individuals, a 5k is a long way to run. Mm-hmm. But for you, what's a, what's a long run? Um, like ideally like 13 to 14 miles. <laughs> so almost. <laughs> so like somebody that was listening to shift their car into uh, another car on a highway going 13 miles. Yeah. Um, so like a half marathon. Yeah. I do that once a week, like on Sundays. Um, what goes through your mind on that? Do you listen to music? Do you listen to podcast? Do you mean, you know, usually I'm with my teammates. So like, honestly, we kind of joke like that. It's like a podcast every week because somebody will have a topic <laughs> and we'll just like stick be through, running with it. through the whole run. Yeah. Like one time I did like a, th- like a three part series on like something random or like i was just like oh this is heather's three-part series and each day i like went over um each thing or like sometimes i'll get into like a heated discussion about something that's either within track and field or outside of track and field or like in another sport um but yeah that's what i love like i love meeting up with my teammates and having those moments and like it makes me it almost feels like i'm listening to a podcast the whole time like you get to sit there and listen to like what your teammate is saying about their life about like saying something about their life for like an hour 45 like so it's just really awesome um but if i'm by myself sometimes i listen to music if i'm going shorter but i feel like i usually try to find like a podcast like something that i really love to do actually like during um longer runs or like when i'm running by myself is uh i just search on google like inspirational podcasts and then i like listen to somebody talk about what they've overcome or Mm um like the kind of life they lived or something that they built like how i built this by guy Raz. like i've listened to like all podcasts. so awesome yeah um but yeah just a few like i try to like listen to somebody different all the time and just hear about their life and how interesting it is and like it helps me too because i'm like oh well they overcame this so like i can overcome this and it, it goes back to the mind over matter thing like a lot of these people didn't know they could accomplish what they accomplished and they did. And I'm like, if they can do it, like, why can't I do it? Like everybody deserves it just as much as the other person. So, um, yeah, I love that. And sometimes it's cool to listen to like an interesting topic about whatever, but I would much rather listen to like a, somebody just speak about like their experiences and how they got to where they are. You are listening to just a cup on believe I have my guest here today, Heather McLean, U.S. Olympian in 2020 in the 1500 meters. If you've enjoyed the episode so far, please subscribe, mm-hmm. like, comment, share it. It's how we continue to reach more and more listeners as this podcast continues to grow at a rapid rate. So, Heather, you talked about your teammates. Mm-hmm. You know, track and field is a very individual sport, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, but having a training group or having a, a team around you, like like a business or or, or a team sport, how does that affect training? How does that affect your daily experience with 
you know, you talked about you guys talk a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, do you share in your ups and downs? I mean, how big is the yeah, group? Absolutely. Um, we have, ugh, it's hard for me to keep track. I think we have about 10, let's say Katrina, Millie, Shifra, Julianne, Emily, Ellie, wow. me, uh, Leah. It's a lot of estrogen. Sam, yeah. <laughs> we have three guys actually. Um, so we have about <laughs> 11 people. Um, and it's really great. I think that, well, for a while it was just all girls. So it's nice mm. to have some boys in the mix these days, but <laughs> the girls still keep everybody in line. <laughs> um, hey, of course. That's what yeah. I was. My wife keeps me in line now. So I, I can appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> but we spend so much time together um, that, yeah, it's hard not to like share in your ups and downs with everything. And like they pretty much know everything that's going on. I'm, in my life on a day-to-day basis. Like I know most of what's going on in theirs and I love it. Like, I think, I don't think I would be able to do this sport without teammates just because like they push me every day, like whether it's in workouts or just like a run, like even right now, like coming back from injury, if I was like running by myself all the time, I probably wouldn't be pushing myself as much as I am to like keep up with them. Like these people who've been training for like four months now, like I'm like, okay, I need to get back up there like so I can hear on hear about like what's going on in the group. So it like pushes me to um, be better. And yeah, it's just like great. You kind of have like a built in group of friends, like no matter what you're going through, you can bring it to practice the next day and like hear a different perspective on it. And like they're always on your side. So <laughs> obviously that kind of helps, too. But also, I feel like they everybody's from like different areas and like different walks of life in different countries. So they all bring their own like unique perspective. And the fact that like we get to work together every day to make each other better, it's really special. And not all individuals in this sport have that. A lot of people train by themselves and they prefer that, but I definitely prefer like training with people. That's awesome. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you said, you know, with the Olympics coming up in 2024 here in Mm -hmm. Paris in a little ways, you know, what is your expectations or what's kind of your next steps in the preparation phase? You said you're, you're coming back from the injury. You're going to race. Mm-hmm. Um, when when is uh, when do you plan on starting the season? Do you, or do you even know uh, I'm yet? Hoping, I don't know for sure. I'm hoping by – it's funny because, like, in track and field, you don't really have, like, a set schedule, like, going into the year other than, like, the major – Right things like u.s trials and like the olympics but um so i'm hoping to open up by like april and then i just want to get in like a few good races before the olympic trials just like obviously i've been out for a summer so it'd be nice to just get that competitive feel back in my feet like i'm very much a person who does a lot better when um i race a lot more so i definitely want to do a few like blowout races just to like remember what it feels like to go out there and like compete um so hopefully by April, I'll be opening up like a little bit and then getting into full swing of things by like May, June, and then trials are in June. So like obviously the big goal for the year is to make that team. Like I'd love to make another Olympic team. Like I think in obviously last year kind of stunk, but the year before um, in 2022, I really set myself in a good position to like make the team for this year. And um, I kind of proved to myself that I belong like with the best in the world. And I finished the season like really highly ranked and, um, it made me very excited for the future. So I'd really just love to get back to that place and like keep pushing my limits in the sport and um, 
yeah, just competing for the US, US again and representing the US well at like a global championship is totally an honor. And to be able to do that again would be super special. And yeah, I just think I want to like keep reminding myself I belong there and get there. And what, what was it like? What was yeah. it like, you know, putting on the red, white, and blue, you know, and, and going out? and competing or even walking in the Olympic stadium. Mm -hmm. I, I can't remember if you guys were able to do that with COVID in 2020, mm -hmm. but, but walking out the progression the procession and everything. What was yeah. that like? What was that experience like when you know you're representing an entire country? Yeah, it was state? surreal. Like, I think I reflected on it more after I got home and I was like, whoa, like I really just did that. Um, but like I said, it was an honor. I mean, I've had uh, three of my or two of my brothers have served. And so they've like been everywhere and they've served our country and like they served it really well. And um, I think it's not comparable, but at the same time, like to be able to represent your country and like on the global stage and um, just be proud to represent, I think was, like I said, such an honor and it made me want to do it again. So what, what is the long-term, does, does Heather have long-term plans? Like, what do you want to do? Running's done with, let's say running's yeah. gone. What's the next kind of step for Heather McLean? Ooh, that's a big question. Um, I don't What'd know. You <laughs> you, what did you get your degree uh, in? So I did my undergrad in psych and econ, and then I got my master's in higher ed administration with a, for, a focus in sports administration. So for a while, I before I knew I was going to run professionally, because I didn't actually know like until the end of my senior <laughs> year that I was going to run professionally. Um, right. And then I was like, oh, wait, I can do this. And um, so I was like fully bent on like working in an athletic department and focusing on like making student athletes more holistically rounded so when that they got out of school that they had like great jobs and like they were set up for their futures while they were still in school under the athletic department's like system and that student athletes were no longer like leaving uh school like in a ton of financial debt and like not knowing how to handle their finances or um not knowing how to like make a workout plan or not knowing their direction in life because your sport becomes such your identity when you're like you grow up with it and you do it in college. So I really wanted to focus on like helping student athletes just develop so they're prepared for life after school. Um, but yeah, now that I've been like an, a student athlete and like an athlete for a few years, I'm like, oh, I don't know, like maybe I want to go back to school and um, work more on the business side of things or like on the um, legal side of things. So I'm still kind of like weighing between like whether I want to go back to school, to law school or go to no way. I think we can make some phone calls, college athletic directors. I know there's a bunch of them listening because they've talked to me about it. Hey, <laughs> get, get, get her Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, we're going to make sure that uh, it's, it's, it's on, it's on the, on the screen below, you know, Heather McLean underscore Heather underscore McLean 31 follow <laughs> her on Instagram, reach out to her. You need to hire this person. Now, okay, I'm going to ask you this since since we just brought up it. What in the world does mm -hmm. 31 mean? Because everybody has an Instagram. <laughs> what does the 31 go after your last name on Instagram? Oh. <laughs> 
what is that for? Um, it's, I literally, I think that Heather McLean, just Heather McLean wasn't available. So I was like, I'll put 31 because it's my birth date. <laughs> so really there's okay. nothing significant about it. Um, but if we're being honest, then 31, like it's not my favorite number or anything. I think over time it's just become like, like the number that I use, but mm-hmm. Um, three plus one equals four. And like four is just like a reoccurring theme in my life. Like, I feel like all my nephews are born like on the fourth or like really big things happen on the fourth of a month. They're like, something always has to do with fourth and four. So maybe, I don't know. I just, it's like a weird reoccurring thing in my life that I feel like I, I forgot what that movie was that came out when I was in high school, but like this guy, it was like with all the numbers and he's like, all this equals the same number. Like, I feel like I went through that a little bit where one equals four and something either happens on the fourth or the 31st. And so really there's no like huge significance about it, but <laughs> I just needed a random number to go on my name, but that worked out. So <laughs> have you ever gotten mistaken for the author? Cause I know there's a, there's a famous, you know, New York times bestselling author named Heather McLean. Yeah, I think there's also like a Canadian Olympic swimmer named Canadian swimmer named Heather McLean as well. Yeah. So I have not, but um, I like it's funny when I Google my name and I like see that there's an author. I'm like, I feel like I should read one of her books. (laughs) Yeah, you could you could you know stand in for her one time, and uh, yeah, exactly. Your Olympic travels and your career are probably a little more. on edge compared to an author. Maybe not. So I'm going to get somebody, some author's going to get mad at me. Yeah. I'm sure she's Wait, an amazing I'm, author. I don't know what she writes about, but I should read one of her books just because we have the same name. Because you have the same last name. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to let you go on this question. Cause this is what I try to ask everybody once, you know, at the end of the show, you know, if you have advice for mm-hmm. high school, college athlete, young person, just anybody really, Mm-hmm. what advice would you give them about how to be successful in life? Ooh. Um, actually, I got this advice today and it really was helpful to me like in this moment today, but also like I try to remind people of this like always, but enjoy the process, like enjoy the day to day because you can't change the past and you can't control the future. And so if you're not enjoying what you're doing right now, then how are you going to like progress either of those things? And so that was really helpful for me today because like I said, I'm just getting back into shape. Like I'm not quite where I want to be right now, but I can't change what happened and I can't control what's going to happen in the future. So I can only enjoy the fact that like today I got to run eight miles and that was super exciting for me. And like, if you're a high school or a college student and you're an athlete, like today you got to go to practice and spend time with your friends, like maybe your best friends on the team, maybe your partners on the team, like maybe your coach is like a second mom to you, but you got to do that today. And like, that's not a guarantee for the future. And you can't control if you'll get to do that in the future and you can't control like something that might've happened in the past, but you got to do that today. And that's like what matters. And so just enjoy like the every moment of it. And like, it's hard to not think about when you're injured or when you're sick or like something is going on in your personal life and you don't get to do the thing that you want to be doing and you worry about it all the time. 
like you can't control that. So just focus on what you're doing in this moment. Like when I was injured, um, every single day I was like so fixated on getting better. And like, I was like, why am I not getting better? And like, how can I get better? And I was like spending all this money and doing all this research and like on Reddit 24 seven, trying to figure out like what was wrong with me. And I wasn't like focus on focus on what was going on in that moment and how I was like getting better. Like one of the big things that changed for me when I was hurt was that I sought out a different strength program. And like, that was just something I hadn't found like a solid foundation in the last few years. So I started working with a new strength coach and it's made like a world of a difference. Like I feel so strong. I'm like, okay, well maybe I don't have as much miles under my belt as like these other girls I'm racing against, but like I'm stronger than them. So like, um, but I think that like just thinking about that, it really helped me just have a little bit more perspective on like I was enjoying like going into the weight room three or four times a week, despite the fact that like I wasn't quite able to run yet. And it's you build strength in other ways, whether that's mentally or physically um, outside of just your sport. And you just have to like keep that in mind every day. That's some amazing advice, Heather. Thank you thank so much you. for joining. It's got me fired up. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, <laughs> more excited right now than I was before. So it's funny. It's it, gone dark in the time that we've been talking. I, I know, right? Well, especially in the background uh, here down in, down in Florida. But uh, this was this was amazing. Heather McLean, 2020 Olympian, 1500 meter runner, Boston uh, New Balance Track Club. Thanks so much, Heather, for your time. Thanks for having and we me. Yeah, of course. Any that's time. where you're going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Ryan. If you, uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, you. this is. If you enjoyed the podcast, uh, make sure you subscribe, like, comment, and share. You can get this podcast on Believe.com, Apple, and Spotify. Uh, more you like, more you subscribe, the more it helps it grow.